Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, we pray that you will send your spirit now, that it will light upon our hearts, that it will indeed touch a string deep within, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be pleasing in your sight, for you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I first started thinking about today's topic of touch uh, a few weeks ago when someone made an offhanded comment to me that went something like this. Um, I so desperately need to feel the touch of my mom. I so desperately need a hug from my mom, right? This comment came from someone who I think just hit a moment where life and work and kids just caught up to them like a wave. And they felt that overwhelming need for touch, particularly touch from someone they love. Right, I, I've begun to realize and believe that, that the greatest deficit that we are facing in our world today is not the national deficit. Let that sink in, okay? The greatest deficit that we are facing today as people and as a world is a deficit of touch, right? Touch from our, our loved ones. Uh, if you've had a loved one in the hospital or in a long-term care center, you know what I'm talking about. You haven't been able to be there to, to hold their hand as the doctor delivers news or to drop by and just share conversation with someone because you have time to kill. Or if you are someone who has lost a loved one in these recent weeks or months, you know the, the extra weight that has been placed onto the already at times overwhelming weight of grief. The weight that comes with not being able to, to hug the person you most need to hug or to receive the hug you didn't even know you needed. There's a deficit of touch for us all. It's true of church too. It's been two months now since we last were able to come to church and, and greet our friends or, or shake the hand of a visitor or, or feel the, the bread in our fingers and the voice of the person in front of us saying, the body of Christ broken for you. Two months since we washed water over the head of a young one. Teachers, teachers know what I'm talking about. Teaching is, is hard enough to do in person, and, and yet teachers have, have had to, to do their work via screen, and now they're having to, to say goodbye to their students, not with hugs or handshakes or high fives, but but by screen as well. I think of the doctors and nurses and, and healthcare professionals uh, whose pictures were, were splicing into today's worship video because of the work, the healing work that they do through touch. Even for them being sent to work each day to, to touch people, they're having to do it through layers of, of PPE, of personal protection equipment, right? And for some of those healthcare professionals in especially hard-hit areas, they then have to go home having touched strangers all day, unable to touch their own children. There's a deficit of touch in our world right now. So it makes me wonder in our story today, you know, how long has it been since this man at the gate has been touched? Yes, the story says that he is carried each morning to the gate, and we, we are left to presume that he's probably carried back to where he stays each night. But how long has it been since someone really touched him? 
and the way someone who gives us a hug touches us. How long has it been since someone touched him with care and compassion and love in their fingertips? It's amazing to me how this story it really combines the first three lessons of this series that we're in from, from the book of Acts. It begins with the man seeing John and Peter and Peter and John in turn seeing the man. There's this element of vision, right? I remember a hospital chaplain once telling me that um, their work is not so much to, to see the sickness of the person in front of them, but rather to look deeper, right? A good chaplain will, will look beneath the surface and they'll look instead for, for the fear and the, the hurt and the worry and perhaps those, those events that this sickness stirs for someone from long ago. They look beneath the surface for the deeper thing. That's what's going on in this story. When Peter and John see this man, they don't just see a paralyzed man begging for money. They see him asking for something deeper. And they are generous in turn. Generous not with silver and gold, but they are generous with their touch. Peter reaches out and he takes the man by the hand and he stands and he, he is healed. You see, that's the word I think we need to pay attention to. There's a correlation in this story, a direct one between touch and healing. For me, the lesson for the church today and the church then lies in those two words. The lesson for us is to be reminded of our call as the church of Jesus Christ, the, the God who was dead and then raised from the grave. The lesson for us is to, to pay attention again to our call to use touch in order to heal, to heal people, and to heal communities. Now, you don't need me telling you that, that our community, after the events of this past week, is a community that is in need of healing. Amen? We are a community that is hurting right now. On Tuesday this last week, a, a video depicting the, the horrific and violent death of a young man named Ahmad Arbery was released online. And anger, anger across all divides has ensued. A few hours after that video was released, I found myself around a table with civic and religious leaders from Glen County. And what I noticed the most was the phones of my colleagues in ministry who serve predominantly African-American congregations here. Because their phones were buzzing the whole time. From the second we sat down to the second we left, people were texting and calling and emailing. And they were all texting and calling and emailing to effectively to say the same thing. Pastor, I saw this video and I want you to know I am hurting and I am angry. I am in need of healing, in other words. And so the work before us, particularly the clergy in that room and the clergy from throughout this community who have come together in the ensuing days, the work before us was to ask ourselves, how can we bring about healing for our community? In particular, how can we bring about uh, healing rather in this community in a time when we cannot touch one another? You know, as I've been sort of along 
with these clergy these past few days, there's four things that, that have raised to my awareness that maybe help answer that question of how we touch and provide healing in a time when we cannot touch in the physical sense. The four lessons that I have learned that go along with, with the work of healing begin with the need to see, to see our neighbor. There's vision again. We have to see our neighbor. We have to sit around tables like that one I was around on Tuesday afternoon and see the faces of our neighbors. How would these events have been different if those two gentlemen had seen not an intruder, not someone potentially guilty of a, a petty crime, but instead seen a neighbor, seen a fellow brother in Christ? We have to commit ourselves to the work of seeing our neighbors. That's the first step in touching in a way that will help to heal, not just people, but communities. We then have to listen. We have to have honest conversations. We have to listen to people's hurt and to listen to their anger. In my listening this week, one of the things I realized was that people, they are not angry because this event happened. What they are really angry about is the fact that an event like this has happened and no one is surprised. No one is surprised that something like this can happen in a community like ours in the year 2020. If you want to touch in a way that heals, you have to see, you have to listen, and then you have to empathize. We have to practice empathy. As followers of Christ, we are called to put ourselves in the shoes of others, to try and see from their perspective. We don't have to agree, but we have to be willing to bend our vision in order to understand where they are coming from. And then we have to act. We have to act in a way that furthers the cause of justice and peace that helps to build people up. It occurs to me that no one has ever been touched without someone else taking an action. Someone has to reach out and lay hands upon another. Someone has to initiate touch. If we want to be a church and people of faith who work for healing through touch, then we have to see and listen and empathize, and then we have to act. You know, I have seen healing happening in our community only in these last few days, and we are at the beginning of a journey that we know will take much longer. I've seen healing in the fact that those faces of many of my clergy colleagues around that table who were strangers to me on Tuesday are now colleagues in ministry with me, people who I intend to continue this conversation with and who I pray intend to continue the conversation with me. I've seen healing in the fact that, that runs have been organized, that people have, have put on social media words of encouragement, words of, of, of understanding, words of connection, of, of empathy with, with those who are feeling how they are feeling. I've seen healing happen in the peaceful rally that took place on Friday where people gather to say we are angry, but we want to channel that anger into peaceful action. I've seen, I've seen healing in the fact that there have been steps that have been two months coming, but steps that have begun to take place to move these events onto the, the pathway of justice and the way our nation knows justice, the kind of justice that was denied to Ahmaud Arbery. 
right? We are living in a time when, when our community is in need of healing, and as followers of Jesus Christ, we are ones who are invited to seek to bring about that healing. So our question today is who are those people around us who are in need of touch? You know, someone much wiser than me reminded me that on this Mother's Day, Ahmaud Arbery's mother wants nothing more than to touch her son. But even as she is not able to do that, she has found people, people like those who I have grown to know and respect this week with names like Abra and Cedric and Mark and Ben, people with names like Peter and John. She has seen faces of a community, faces from around the world reaching back out to her. And in that reaching out, I pray that she is experiencing healing in the way the man at the gate in this story from the third chapter of Acts experienced all those years ago. Who are those other people around us who are reaching out, who are in need of someone to see them and hear them, to empathize with them, and then to act for them? Is it the neighbor in the neighborhood over from you? Is it the friend? Is it the family member? Is it the person you hand your money to at the grocery store who you can read on their face the weight of anxiety that they carry? The weight of worry that comes with concerning themselves over that one day when maybe they might get sick and no longer be able to afford the basic necessities for their family. Right? Who are those people that are reaching out to us? Because we are the people who are called to reach back, to touch them. And even when we can't touch in the physical sense, to be the ones who seek to see and hear and then build up. Friends, that is our invitation. Our invitation is to follow the example of Peter and John. Peter and John, who were just two other people in the midst of a large crowd moving up the steps to a temple long ago, but who, who took the time to notice, to see something deeper in this man than his paralysis, his begging, to see what it is that he was really in need of healing from. Friends, those people are all around us. Our community in these days is in need of churches like ours, people of faith who are willing to extend their hands to meet the neighbors they do not yet know and to work together for peace, to work together to walk down that path of Christ the path of Christ, which is the same now as it has always been, the one path that will never change direction no matter what new normal we find ourselves living in, the path of Christ, which is the way of love. Friends, as followers of Christ, may we walk, may we walk the way of love as people intent on reaching out and going hand in hand with those in need, trusting that in that work the Spirit moves, that God provides, and that a world will be healed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, friends, may it be so, this day and always. Amen.